Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed is the weekly podcast where we talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Scuba Obsessed episode 53 was recorded live Thursday, January 27th, 2011. Welcome to Scuba Obsessed, episode 53, You Really Can Scuba Dive in Hard Water. And as always, from, I don't know what side of town it is this week, but uh, my co-host Jim. How are you doing today, Jim? I'm doing well. It's uh, from this side tonight. This side. You're from this side. Mm-hmm. Same side. From this side. Not not the far side, but not this side. <laughs> the far side. That was a good comic. Could use a little bit of far side. Right. In fact, maybe that's what we need to do, look up some of the far side scuba. He's got to add something with scuba. Yeah, maybe a tarantula scuba diving or something. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. Some Something along those lines. So, but here we are another Thursday ready to talk about some more scuba diving. So we're going to head right on into the news. If you're not listening live, you're missing out. The chat room's full tonight. Uh, the plenty more room. We can fit in a couple hundred. So no risk of running out of space, at least for the time being. Let's see. Oh, and I didn't tease the news. So here, I'll tease it now. Um, here's some of the articles we'll cover this week. No print ads, scuba business plan, shark bait kids, my favorite title, and World War One U-boat found. So the first one on the list is uh, kind of a sad story. There's a scuba diver injured by a powerboat off uh, Boca Rotan, uh, but is showing improvement. Uh, the diver was injured by a powerboat propeller Saturday off the coast of Boca Rotan. Uh, hospital officials have said that she is showing signs of improvement or I'm saying he, James Shelley, 46, was listed in fair condition Monday at Delray Medical Center. The propeller of a 28-foot boat cut Shelley's shoulder and arms as he surfaced in the ocean Saturday morning about a mile east of Boca Inlet. There's a little bit of discussion about whether the 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 driver of the boat was properly proper distance away from the dive flag. Uh, he thought he was far enough away. And others are saying not. He's cooperating completely with authorities. No news yet whether there's going to be charges. But the state law down there requires boaters to stay at least 100 feet away with a scuba diver's flag in a river, inlet, or channel. In open waters, boats must make reasonable effort to stay 300 feet away from the flag. Within that area, they must move at idle speed. And then the Florida... Um, FWC, so I'm assuming that's Florida Water Conservation or something, says that between 2004 and 2009, there were 22 scuba divers in Florida that were either injured or killed when being run over by a speedboat. That, that would just be absolutely horrible. There's just, I mean, it's, it's actually pretty fortunate that he's able to survive. He was, I understand he was sliced up quite badly. Uh, you know, I, I, my, my grandfather owned marinas, and he used to have a, a picture that he never looked at that he would show anybody who was horsing around. And it was a photo of uh, somebody who had been killed by a speedboat. And the descriptions of the photo were nice, even slices about four inches apart from the heel to the back of the head. So not something that you want to be involved with. Yeah, um, I've never seen it to a human, but I did see uh, some of the scars on manatee, and it's just like that. It's it's like you you evenly 
took a, a bread knife and diagonal cuts. Holy smokes. So if you have boater friends and they're not divers, please educate them on the dive flag. The dive club here, we're putting up signs at all the boat launches, trying to let everybody know uh, what the rules are. And uh, if you are in the water, I mean, that's what I always think when I'm coming up, even when I'm with a boat, even when I have a flag, you always hear that little buzzing around and you you, you don't have any sense of direction. So you, you really can't avoid it. You know, put your hand up and I guess it's better that something takes your hand off than, you know, your head or your back. But man... Uh, the next article is Thailand, Thailand uh, sinks scuba spots. So uh, Thailand has closed a host of popular dive sites to tourists indefinitely to allow coral reefs to recover. Uh, from what I understand, there's just a lot of bleaching going on over there. They're blaming part of it on the water temperature is two degrees Celsius higher than normal. Uh, they believe that's part of it. They've also had some uh, unusual weather and currents, which are contributing it to it. Algae isn't on the coral like it normally is, so they think some of the coral's starving. And then they're also blaming a little bit of the activity on divers. So this is a temporary band. They're going to watch the coral closely and hope that it comes back. Uh, we, need, we need to talk to our, our buddies over there in Thailand and see how that's impacting them. Because can you imagine if they happen to be the spot where that was being closed? It would decimate the, uh, the local industry, I would think. Yeah, but uh, so what they're saying is that 80% they're kind of the criteria for what coral uh, is not going well is the 80% of it is dead and 20% is alive, which that would be pretty sad to see. Now, have you had a chance to dive on coral down there in Florida yet? Mm-mm. No. Oh. Um, crushed coral, rock coral, and things like that, but no reefs or anything like that. Okay. Um, that would that would be an absolute blast. I know some of the people in the, the chat room probably have, um, and I'm envious of them. This next article is actually, this is from somebody who the, we know at least through Twitter, and I'm going to mispronounce his name when we get to it, but uh, Montreal Scuba Diving Center has decided to go green by canceling all their ads and print books. So in full disclosure, my, my full-time occup- occupation is in the, the media and print industry, so ouch, you know, we hate to see people stop advertising, but we can definitely understand that uh, you know, some people are feeling that by stopping to print on paper and and kill trees that they're actually being a little bit more green. I like to think it's the appropriate use of the materials. If you're just doing something that's never read and thrown away, then yeah, that's a waste and let's not do it. But uh, this is uh, the Dive Center in Montreal. Uh, Total Diving announces decision to cancel all ads in the print books distributed door-to-door, the yellow ones. And those I, I have to agree with. When was the last time you actually used the yellow pages? Okay, there's a pet peeve. It, and you, you won't happen there. See, I'm even stumbling. It's got me going so bad. <laughs> you can't walk 10 steps at work and be away from a terminal that has Internet access. But I'll have people walking all over the property looking for yellow pages. Really? Are you kidding me? They're, Are you kidding me? They're looking for yellow pages. What they yes, physically looking for a phone book. Yeah, I I get frustrated. I, I used to use – I mean, I was an old phone book user – before the internet and used them all the time. But now if I happen to have to pick up a phone book, yeah, I want to search. <laughs> Where do you type in the phone book? I can't seem to find it. I need, I need Google. Where's the Google bar? Yeah, exactly. So I can't seem to find it. So, and, and you, you think you would be able to not get one. They're not going to not deliver a yellow pages. So uh, should we predict the death to the yellow pages? How many years do we think we have? 
well, I'd like to say next year, but I'm I'm thinking it's going to go on and on. I think by I think by 2015, uh, they'll be mostly gone. They'll be like a little magazine or something. You know, they'll they'll change a for they'll do something to try and make it unique because it's such a cash creator. But uh, I think between the the price of printing it and just the the fact that people don't want to advertise in it anymore. Uh, the next article is uh, Mickey Divers Underwater with Disneyland Scuba Divers. Uh, I like this one because I always am interested in some of the careers that are diving related. You know, kind of the dream of mine to be paid to scuba dive. Wouldn't that be fun? It would be. And then you think about, you know, here you are at Walt Disneyland, uh, you know, the Magic Kingdom. And, uh, you know, just it's kind of like a fairy tale land and you get to dive. Now, they're they're doing some of the less exciting activities, a lot of maintenance and cleaning up. As you'd expect, a lot of people drop stuff into the resort. So uh, scuba diving plays a major role for 54 employees at the Disneyland Resort. Uh, they spend about half their time underwater. Typically, it's at night. And they said the one thing is that they're calling it cold. So where does 50-degree water rank up in our cold meter? I would call that cold water but you know it it's not ice cold yeah yeah i agree i don't i don't think it's too bad uh they they tend to like to hire the divers from within the resort so they're looking for people who have worked there they check uh on their interviews and ask for volunteers of anybody who's certified it's a four-month training program that they have to go through to become a diver and they do have some unique tools that have been specially created for use underwater. Some of the uh, special type of pneumatic tools are, are modified just for that purpose. Um, in the training, they talked about going down to 120 feet deep. But in the park, it's rare. The deepest point in many spots is 22 feet, with uh, the most of them having a deep spot of only 12 feet. So a lot of using. Go ahead. That, that I think that would be fun. But did you notice in that picture? Um, I don't know if anybody else is looking at that link. The picture's got a, a, a photo of Max Clam in it. I, I think that must be where it came from. Somebody stole it from Disneyland and dropped it up there in Sheboygan. But it definitely right. it definitely does look like uh, you know, that clam. Somebody glommed onto the pearl that was inside of there and disposed of the clam. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully they're not feeding the clam with the diver. Well, yeah, that'd be bad be kind of fun to watch from the outside as long as you're not. <laughs> yeah. Can you, at daily at 10 and 3. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our unsuspecting aquarium divers. Yeah, I Along guess if you, that put a twist on it. I guess if you volunteer and they offer you no training, that should be your clue. <laughs> no, you're not going to. Don't worry. Bottom time, never going to be a factor. <laughs> uh, can I have a towel? Oh, you won't need one. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Instead of a wetsuit, they give you a trash bag. That's, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not even going there. Trash bag with a zipper. <laughs> okay, uh, on to better topics. Uh, scuba business plan. I had to reread this article a few times. Uh, a fledgling business idea was given Wing Scuba Solutions was named the winner of the 2011 Southern Nevada Business Plan Competition. So I'm thinking, in the middle of the desert, how does somebody win on scuba diving? So what they did is they had an organization there which was trying to help people with business plans and, and get a start. And let's see how many they have. They had quite a few. 36 business plans are written, submitted, revised, all in hope of being chosen this year's 
uh, winner through a series of elimination business plans submitted or whittled down to 10, then five before Scuba Solutions won. So, and, and I'm thinking, well, what could he, you know, they gave him nearly $80,000 worth of prizes. Now, how much is actually hard cash and just uh, different advertising deals? Uh, it's hard to tell by the article, but their prototype that they won on was the Tank Tote, a hang cart that features all condition tires and is designed to match the dimensions of most scuba tanks. The device aims to keep the, the tanks, which weigh 40 pounds on average, from moving or falling off during transport, particularly over rough terrain or loose rocks. I, I can see that. I think that's pretty cool. I, I think so, but uh, and hopefully it was because of the business plan. Because as far as original idea, there's, it doesn't really sound all that. I mean, it sounds like a, a handcart, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, I, I, and I know that if you were... Uh, Remember how heavy a set of doubles is. I don't know if this uh, particular cart would handle a set of doubles, but I could I could carry a single pretty far, but doubles, no thanks. I know a few times in the quarry, then also when we were going and doing diving on the pier uh, the few times this year. That's a long trek out there, so I definitely can appreciate having something with wheels that you don't drive off into the lake. Uh, well, you didn't drive it off into the lake. Not yet. It's, I got your back on that. Yeah. <laughs> you you didn't have it that day. Where were you? You left me. <laughs> well, I thought maybe you were going to be. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, well, you know. Yeah. So the tote is priced at $250. You know, that's that's about in the range. That's in the high side for something along that lines. But if it really, you know, if you got both my tanks and my gear and it's balanced to where it doesn't feel like you're hauling it and maybe it has some ability to do some steps, then I could be, I could fork over $250, but we'll, we'll have to see. It'll be interesting to see if this just stays as a, a theory type of item or actually becomes a product. Well, I think it would be kind of neat. I imagine a situation like when we went out on the ice dive on the lake, um, being able to have a cart with uh, big all-terrain tires that you could load all your gear on and roll it out. Now, maybe not the best on snow, but once we shoveled it off the the ice, it, it would work pretty good. Maybe they need to have like an attachment, maybe sleds or skis. Mm-hmm. Or a snowmobile. But snowmobile. those have been invented already. Have they? Yeah, those are the things that we go into the ice and recover, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, not this weekend, which we'll cover no, when we get to that, like that. that part of the show. Next article is Kids Shark Bait. Kids Dive Into Shark Therapy. A group of children from McKay and Karen's has spent a week learning the basics of scuba diving in Townsville. It's part of a program called Shark Bait Kids. Occupational ther- therapist Meme Rhoda says that the form of therapy for children who have neuromuscular conditions and cannot compete in regular sports. The children will dive in a reef tank in Townsville Aquarium. Now, here's the best Doesn't part. Doesn't that sound fun? Oh, it, it does. And just to get the kids out and mobile... Give them something where they feel like they have control over themselves again, uh, similar to like uh, what Dive Heart. Yep. Mm-hmm. What Dive Heart was doing. That's this is absolutely great. It's not in the Predator tank. The Reef headquarters agreed to put two leopard sharks in for us, though they're just a bit of the gummy sharks. So I assume they mean that they they've got no teeth and they're just gonna they'd be gummy. Uh, they'll have heaps of fish. I think it's something like 50 varieties of fish to swim around with. So it's just an amazing experience. It gives them something to talk about with their peers when their peers are talking soccer or cricket or something like that. It's the first time they've tried this unique therapy, but is encouraged by the results so far. So absolutely great. I, I love that type of program. And that's in Queensland, which 
pitcher not me, needs to be down and you know like oh, we're, we're we're gonna insult craig and say hey, do you know everybody down there because i mean it must be small they must know everybody don't they you know, it's, right yeah it's like oh you're from australia you do you know <laughs> yeah yeah australia new, new zealand uh you know queensland it's, it's probably like we're talking california to maine but uh yeah we have no 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 sense of depth time okay and then the last one i, I always like these type of articles where something's discovered because that's really what our dream of when we're out there in the water is to actually come across and discover something scuba divers have found an intact world war one u-boat on the seabed just outside of cork harbor and this is a fast how cool would that be (laughs) amazingly cool and this is one of those where to find something you have to look for we had the article a few weeks ago on the the war of 1812 ship that was found. And then this one, we have the U-boat that was rediscovered in Cork Harbor uh, 93 years after it sank. And as the story goes, and if you believe in legends, I mean, this kind of gives me hope for uh, that bomber that we're looking for. So uh, we'll come, we'll come full circle to that. But this German U-boat, it was uh, laying mines outside this Harbor and one had detonated and it sunk. And then hard hat uh, helmet divers went down later in that year, found it, and then a little like the next year, they went down and pulled a few mines off it and supposedly blew it apart and then dragged the pieces away. So if you believe that, there shouldn't have been anything to find. So this group of divers goes out and hunt for this. So they set up a grid. They're zigzagging back and forth. And uh, it took them quite a while. But they found it in 27 uh, meters of water, completely intact. That would be very, very cool. Now, is this as it is? It's still a uh, a, a grave, right? It's a yeah, grave. It's still a grave. But contains the remains. But there's but they're diving on it. Uh, some of the bodies were removed uh, that year that it it uh, went down. Uh, they've cleaned off part of the the vessel enough to where they can see the stamping marks to verify its identity. And then a plaque was donated by the, to the dive team by John O'Mallory of complete signs must be a sign company over there. But the U boat number is UC 42 stamped into it, which positively identifies a submarine. So very, very cool. I mean, just, I mean, World War one. Oh, yeah. So that does it for the news. Ta-da. Ta-da. So no guests this week? No, not this week. Not this I think, week? I think we'll have a, um, a pre-recorded interview for next week by the sounds of it. Okay, that sounds good. We'll we'll have something. We'll have it on the show. For it's next. the same thing as live, right? Same thing, almost live, nearly live. And then I, I, I see Rich is floating around somewhere, or maybe I'm just hallucinating. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he was giving us grief about not diving, but... Just before our wetsuits or BCs were getting ready to disintegrate, I think we we pulled them out and did a good salvage job. What do you think? I think so. I think I think they just about didn't make it, but we did it. Yep. We headed up on Sunday of this last week to Lake 16 to do the first ice dive of the year, at least for us. We those people that beat us to it, which was evident by the the debris on the ice. Somebody had. Uh, put some cones out there to mark where they had cut their hole i think our hole was a better hole i think but we went up there yeah went up ours was both of them both yep so we did a pilot hole 
because Bob wanted to go down and, you know, one thing just to kind of find out where everything was at. And then he wanted the videotape from underneath. So I've got some video shots from above that I haven't edited together yet. And then Bob had his from from underneath, but we did that first hole. And uh, what what was the condition of the ice? Good. We had uh, down below, we probably had, uh, let's see, four to five inches of good, solid, crystal clear ice. And on top of that, we had a couple, maybe two or three inches of, of honeycomb or, um, you know, traditional white ice on top of that. I didn't hear a whole lot of cracking going on out there or anything. Uh, it was pretty nice. I, I thought it was, too. Uh, the the day started off pretty cold. In the morning, I, I think uh, we had Mac measured negative 12 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, my gosh. I, I know it was cold when I was getting my gear all, all loaded up. Yeah, when I when I got into my vehicle, it was about zero. And I think by the time I got over to your place to pick you up, it had uh, creeped up to about 10. And when we were out there on the lake, I think we it was probably about 12 by then. But it was mostly sunny. We had a, clouds come in and out a little bit. Yeah, but it, the wind had died down, so that made it very tolerable. Yeah, with, without the wind. We had two ice shanties. We had the club shanty, and then Bob brought his shanty. Had the, Heated. The, the, the heaters running on in there. Uh, shoveled a path out there. Uh, we did we did the little, uh, the, the way you're supposed to in a textbook, ice dive. We did the, the little spoke wheel pattern. Uh, and then we had the round circle all the way on it. And then, uh, let's see, we got the first hole cut. Bob went down to try and find the platform, uh, told us about where to cut, and I think that was a pretty good spot. Was, it was, wasn't it just about directly below the hole? Yeah, it was close enough. Uh, you know, we were close enough for horseshoes anyway. Yeah. So we did the line down from up above to the platform and then uh, did the dive. It, we had we almost had more wetsuit divers than dry suit divers, which it's, to me seems a little unusual for an ice dive. Uh, UI and Mac uh, dove wet, and then uh, Richard Curtis, uh, Bob, Bob and Paul, and Paul both uh, all drove dove dry. So that that was nice. So it was ev- evenly matched. Evenly matched. Uh, Three on three. Yeah, and, and actually, I think uh, I need to pull up my log, but I think I might have actually beaten the dry suit divers for Bob. You might dive. have. <laughs> it was you close. Yep. I, I think I had about 30 minutes. I was uh, probably about 20 minutes in. I was still pretty toasty, and I was thinking about coming up, and then another diver came down. I'm like, ah, I'll see who that is. And at first, I thought it was Bob, but it was actually Richard. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he touched the bottom, and, and I'm like, Bob doesn't touch the bottom, and then realized it was Richard. So, Right. Um, so what did you think of it? I thought it was good. The visibility was fair. It wasn't, uh, um, hundred feet or anything like that, which I was kind of hoping for, but it was a good 40, 45 feet. Um, the water was, well, it was, uh, some people were measuring 39. My computer registered 32, but I think that was because I was, uh, you know, kind of all over the place there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel bad. I should have pulled up my program to see what it registered at. I was thinking I had 40 degrees, and that's what I've been telling people, because it felt 40, didn't it? It didn't feel like 32, and we've done 32 in current in the river. I mean, that cuts right through you. You know, about 10, 15 minutes into it, you're, you need to be thinking about getting out. Yeah, but it, my face numbed up really quick, um, so that's, I don't know. Yeah, my, mine did, well, but that's at the top. I mean, that's kind of like you drink. you got the ice floating in the, the top of your drink. That's going to be a little colder yeah. up there, but right. <laughs> down below. But the Viz was probably, what would you say, maybe 30 feet? 
Is that the Viz? Yeah, thirty forty. I, I was calling it forty. Forty five, somewhere in there. Yeah, because you could see um, from the platform, you could see clear across the platform to the communication uh, booth. Um, it was, so it was still you know dark down there, but when you got to the bottom, you could see. You just you know looking mm-hmm. uh, vertically. You could only see about well, 20 feet before it got dark. Right. But, but two, when, once you're up above, it is so bright and white oh, yeah. um, that you have lost all of your, your night vision. Um, so once your eyes get adjusted down there, it kind of opens up. I was having a good time playing underneath the ice. There's a while there while I was upside down uh, mm-hmm. playing. And, and just how clear the ice was, that bottom three or four inches of ice was perfectly transparent. It was like a force field keeping you away from the white ice. In fact, we had the triangle that we cut out and we slid underneath. You could put your hand on the other side of the triangle, and you couldn't tell where the water and the ice changed other than by feel. Yeah, it was really neat to look at. I like looking at the, the bubbles as much as anything, playing on the bottom of the ice. And, oh, and yeah, the bubbles it. are sitting there hitting the bottom a little bit like a mercury running across a pan. It's exactly what it looks like, yeah. So I didn't see any fish down there. I was a little disappointed in that. I was hoping to see some over there by the communication booth. And then Bob's got some uh, video, so we'll have to see if we can get copies of that, and we'll we'll put something together and post it up. But overall, a a good day. Everybody came out. Oh yeah. Fine. Uh, we did have. We, did we have anybody free flow? Uh, Mac had his uh, BC regulator stick, didn't he? Mac had a, a free flow, and he also had a, um, an inflator that froze up, but uh, relatively minor. I think we had a blown O-ring on uh, on Paul's kit. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. What? Um, and one of the tricks, if you haven't done an ice dive before, even cold water dive, the, the trick is not breathing on the regulator until you get you and your first and second stage underwater. Uh, even at that cold temperature, that water is still warming up that regulator. So let's see, and that does it for for last week's dive. You know, and of course, afterwards we went out and got something to eat. So uh, the the after uh, after dive meal, sure, I had yeah. some fish and chips that kind of capped it off. Yeah, I I had uh, some. Oh, I had a shrimp wrap, so that that was actually pretty good. Uh, so now uh, now leads on to the next week's dive. So what do we got planned for? For Saturday, as far as diving? Uh, well, um, we're not diving Saturday. We're, we're, we're taking our uh, Nitrox class. Ah, that's right. Yep. yep. See? So, so you, yeah, you, you've, you've got that, that whole book memorized? Yeah, I do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you do, I, 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 uh, I know they don't, they don't grade in a curve, but, man, I, I, uh, last week I did. I was felt like I was doing pretty good. I read... The whole book, uh, for those who haven't been following us, we've, we're doing a Nitrox class uh, Saturday. We're going to go and, and finish that up. So we've got the book work we've been doing in advance. I read the book all the way through like I like to read. Cause I, I just want to get it so I'm not like rushing, trying to get the next spot. So I went through and read it. And now i got to do the after chapter stuff. But uh, I'm not making great progress on that. I, in fact, I haven't done any of that. It's going to be a cram session tomorrow to get that in. Uh, it's it's been it's been rough just with work. It's like every night I've had something. So how are you gonna do that tomorrow? I'm not gonna let you cheat off me. No, no, tomorrow night. It's 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 Thursday. I got tomorrow night. I can I can do it. No, I'm not. You, you don't think I can? You don't think I can? <laughs> yeah, I'll bet you. Well, I don't know. I'm not gonna bet. 
actually, it's a, it's a, it's not that thick a book, but I've gone through it, so I feel like I know the material now. It's just a matter of uh, rereading it and getting the answers. But I was hoping to have uh, most of it done by by now, at least the writing, because I wanted to do I want to do all the writing one more time and then go back and uh, just kind of review, you know, do some quizzing. So, is uh, there been anything that surprised you so far with the Nitrox? Um, no, not really. Uh, I did, uh, I had some questions. I don't know if you got my, my fast and furious volley of emails to you last night about, uh, one of the questions in the knowledge reviews, um, regarding deep stop, deep stops or the rule of halves. But, uh, I think I've got that ironed out, so there's no emergency there. So if you're going to copy off anybody on a, a test on a question, that's not the one you want to copy off me on. <laughs> Uh, let's see what what I like about it. I, yeah, I I'm just in, enjoying the getting back into to learning about diving. You know, it's something that we hadn't done before, and and being able to see what kind of bottom times are going to get and where the nitrox is going to help us. And it, I'd really I really wish I was already signed up for some technical stuff so we could go right from the nitrox into some some technical maybe trimix items but yeah we've got a long way to go between there and here and there but uh i'm looking forward to it looking at picking up some knowledge and being able to be a better diver so how many hours do you think this class is gonna gonna be on saturday i don't know i'm hoping uh uh it's gonna give us enough time for a stop off at a wings place but don't tell my wife Ooh, wings Hmm. see well so what we need to do is we need to do wings at some point and then maybe when we get back then we'll talk about the going wings again so double wings. You're sinister. <laughs> we'll see. That's for our next podcast. Uh, wings obsessed. That's right. Starting at ten. Okay. So last week's dives. Next week's dive. Uh, what's what's next on the agenda? Well, that depends on what you want to talk about. Unless <laughs> you think it's time for that time. Oh no! I just feel like I've forgotten something. But uh, oh well, we do have a few things we like to uh, remind everybody. Uh, head on over to the Scuba Obsessed website, www.scubaobsessed.com. We have the show notes posted each week. Usually, I get those up. Uh, it's about Friday or Saturday, depends on when I get everything all together. So that will give you links to all the articles that we talked about, a couple of the photos from the dives this week. You can also head over to the Mud Club website, which is our dive club uh, that we've joined with all the veterans in there who help us and keep us out of trouble for the most part. Uh, that's mudclub.scubaobsessed.com. You can head over there and see that. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash scubaobsessed. And what we like to see, so if you haven't had a chance to do so, if you could head over and give us a five-star review, we appreciate that over on iTunes. And we actually have a new one that we haven't read. So this one uh, was based on episode 49, A Great End to a Year of Scuba Podcasting. A fitting end to a fun year. I've been obsessing with you since March. Look forward to the next posting each week. I enjoy the conversational tone of the broadcast, like sitting around with dive buddies talking scuba. Except I can't talk back. I'm learning to be a better listener. Thanks for the many hours of you guys. And that's Mark from California. So we certainly appreciate that, Mark. And then I should actually, if, we, if I got time and my internet connection is quick enough, excuse me, over to Facebook, and we had a posting over there from the UK. Did you get a chance to read that one? No, I, ha I hadn't. Can you read it? 
so we head over to Facebook on the Scuba Obsessed page. And uh, this one is in the UK. See, if, if, if you're not familiar with uh, how iTunes works, is they have separate sites for each country because some shows are actually only available in certain countries. Um, kind of the royalties or licensing that goes with it. In the case of the podcast, we let it go anywhere. And uh, but we can't see the review. So if you leave a five star review in the UK or in South America or Iran, Iraq, uh, Israel, we, we have no way of, of seeing those. So if you can take a screenshot of it after you've done it and then post it on Facebook or email it to us at the show at scubaobsessed.com, we'd love to see it. So this one is from Andy. It says this uh, scuba fun by divers for divers. This is a great weekly podcast dedicated to scuba diving. The show is hosted by two regular recreational scuba divers who just love diving and become obsessed. This is an interesting, entertaining, and informative show. The guys cover scuba in the news, chat about previous dives and ex-dives, and they have guests on from time to time and industry covered a variety of topics. What makes this show unique is that it's really a specialist show like tech, rec, or deep diving. It's just a show conducted by two guys who love diving and in early stages of their diving, which makes it a lot easier to associate with and therefore a lot more compelling for the normal recreational diver. They are talking about getting themselves new gear as diving progresses and they have the same problems i had when i started diving which is nice to hear from a podcast be sure to download this excellent show just beware of the bad scuba joke of the week wow wow <laughs> so you, you, they've been warned <laughs> there, there's no reason now to be surprised so thank you andy we appreciate that there's no other way we'd have been able to see it if you hadn't have posted it um, and then also get over there and contribute to scuba obsessed on the facebook page so, are you ready? I, I'm i here. Okay. So, I, I had a couple choices this week, and this is uh, the one that I ended up going with. <laughs> Two fairweather divers decided they were going to head up north and give ice diving a try. The lake was frozen nicely, so they stopped just before they got to the lake at a little general store to pick up the gear they couldn't find down south. One of them said, we're going to need an ice pick. After they got their equipment, they took off. In about two hours, one of them was back at the store and said, we're going to need another dozen ice picks. The store manager sold him the picks, and the Fairweather divers left again. In about an hour, he was back at the shop again and said, we're going to need all the ice picks you've got. The store owner couldn't believe it. By the way, he asked, how are you fellows doing? Uh, not very well, he said. We haven't even gotten the stupid boat in the water yet. Thing working? Hello? Hello? I, I know people like that. I Did do. they? Did you? Did it pass? So, I, okay. <laughs> In the chat room, we invite you back after the show to join the Scuba Divers Roundtable. So we'll give you a little tease at the end of the show, and then we usually on Sundays or Mondays, depending on how the weekend goes, we'll have that episode posted. So That would be just perfectly convenient. So until next week, uh, go out there and get wet and dive safe. And here we go and turn it off. Rich. Ahoy, who did that? I have no idea. I'm back. Excellent. You're, you're not going to berate me for mistaking that girl for a guy, are you? Not I. <laughs> Let's see. I, I, 
Rich is trying to get a hold of us, I think, but he's not showing up on my list as being online. Um, he is uh, currently dialing me up. I'm going to decline his call. Uh, here we go. You got him? Yep, I think I got him. You there? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I have. Uh, I came home from the aquarium, and uh, my brother was watching the kids, and they're watching a movie, and it was like, uh, guys, I can't watch a movie i gotta go watch scuba obsessed <laughs> obsessed and i can't yes <laughs> i can't wait, wait do that to him. breaking what? families one episode at a time yeah. <laughs> your, your priorities are all messed up wait wait Girl, wait hey back jim I, they're, they're... jim i got two hours of bottom time today my priorities <laughs> are messed up i got How do I hang, a hang sea up. turtle hang and thing. a 